0: Welcome to Weed Week. I'm Donnell Alexander.
1: I'm Alex Hopperin. This is
0: the Weed Week podcast. You can subscribe to our free newsletters, Weed Week, Weed Week California, and Weed Week Canada at WeedWeek.net. And you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Weed Week News. Got any feedback? Write to us at hello at
1: WeedWeek.net. Today we have an interview with Candace Gingrich, who is a cannabis lobbyist after a long career as a a queer activist. They're the half-sibling of former Speaker of the House Newt Gingrich. It's a pretty intriguing interview. They are a, a cannabis lobbyist in in Florida, which is which is a world unto itself, uh, and not, not something we've paid a huge amount of attention to on, on this podcast.
0: No, we don't do the South a whole bunch, and you can argue whether Florida is the South, but I thought it was just a, a worthwhile conversation, and I'll admit it wasn't a conversation I was dying to have, but it was worthwhile because we learned about how Florida works. For one thing, I didn't know that if you have a dispensary in Florida, you have to have your own products in there. You have to have
1: grown the weed. That's different. The The Florida industry operates in a Florida, very Florida way, which is that the only way to get a license, at least thus far, is to be very well politically connected or to buy one for a lot of money from somebody who's very well politically connected. I think that's why... Revolution hired our guest, you know, because Candace
0: Gingrich has a well-connected wife back in Indiana, or is it Illinois? In Illinois. In
1: Illinois. I, well, I, I don't know if that's the reason, but... Yeah, we can uh, see about that. <laughs> you, you know, it's just
0: she, a happy coincidence
1: that she has that in a state that's legal. We get a lot of insight into the Florida market, as well as connections between queer rights activism and the cannabis industry, as well as sort of the, the frisson of Candace's experiences with her stepbrother, Newt Gingrich, which can't be easy to have him in the family.
0: No, I can't imagine it is. They say they have a friendly relationship with Newt, which is hard for me to imagine, but it's, again,
1: one of my favorite parts of the conversation. Indeed. Right now, we're, we're wrapping up our time at MJ BizCon in Las Vegas, which is the huge industry conference. It's an interesting and and very packed couple of days. My first ever cannabis event was this event five years ago when it was at the Rio Hotel, which is sort of one of the less fancy mega hotels in in Las Vegas. It was a relatively modest event with about 3,000 people attending. And now it is a big deal with 35,000 people at the the Las Vegas Convention Center and all sorts of events and parties, and it's pretty full on.
0: Yeah. Um, I think I blew my wad on capitalism doing the gift guide for this podcast, so I didn't love it. But, you know, it's critical mass of interesting people in cannabis. Obviously, there are people who are here to make money and here to make deals, but it's just uh, people that you need to know. And luckily, a lot of them came into our recording studio, aka your suite, and made it happen. So we've got a bunch of good episodes coming up.
1: Yeah. That's really exciting. You guys have some some really interesting conversations coming up. Before we get to Candice, I just wanted to mention that Weed Week is doing the first annual Weedy Awards, and that's going to be at the end of February, and we've got a great panel of judges. So please nominate your favorite brands and and companies for, for awards, and you can do that at Surveymonkey.com slash r slash weedies. That's w-e-e-d-y-s and we'll put the link in the show notes.
0: Right. there's uh, There are people here in Nevada who are going to be voting on that. I know that. There's a lot of enthusiasm. Yeah, we've got,
1: y- y- you know, I think to some extent any cannabis contest is a little bit suspect, but... Wait, why is that? It's just really hard to tell the difference. And what if somebody takes one product and then They take another one to test, like a judge takes one product and then they take another one to test it a little while later, like which one are they reviewing? It gets a little muddled, but we have a great panel of judges who have immense credibility and immense knowledge. Well, there are people who've done it before, who've judged before, and that matters. So, you know, we're going to have some great finalists, some great winners, and a cool event. So definitely nominate your favorites.
0: And now we're going to go to our interview with Candace Gingrich. It's a fun one. One, two, three, now. Candace Gingrich, welcome to Weed Week. Hey, where are you right now?
2: I am currently in Miami um, for the Miami, well, the Florida Cannabis and Hemp Conference that just ended today.
0: Okay, and how is it?
2: Um, it was good. It was good. you know there there's so many different aspects to this industry. I mean, it's so new, it's so burgeoning and people are really embracing the opportunities they have to kind of create their their niches in this in this whole market.
0: and it's it's just medical down there at this point, correct? It
2: is. it is. They've got um, the possibility of collecting enough signatures to get, recreational on the ballot for next year. There's two different um, efforts going there, Um, but right now it is all 100% medical.
0: I wanted to ask straight away here, you're um, 23 years with the human rights campaign, and I know you've been all over the country, but what have you picked up from that vast experience that specifically applies to the cannabis work you're getting into? While you're at it, can you explain the cannabis work that you're getting into?
2: Sure. Um, Well, you know, I, I... I had never really thought about the parallels between achieving equality and ending discrimination for LGBTQ people and the efforts to to legalize marijuana and, and you know it wasn't really until I, I began working with with revolution that I started seeing so many. Um, similarities between them you know one of the one of the things first and foremost is is education you know that there are a lot of people out there who have preconceived notions about marijuana who have you know believed the the junk science they believe the reefer madness and and they simply just need to be educated uh, about where you know where we are today you know when it comes to, to marijuana when it comes to marijuana as medicine you know, so I, I saw some parallels there that, you know, it's just there are ignorant people out there, some of them willfully, most of them not. Um, and and we have to take the opportunities that we have to, to, to educate them. Similarly too, you know, you would seen some stigmatization of, of the community. You know, definitely the queer people have been stigmatized, but you know, cannabis smokers have also been stigmatized.
0: Let me interrupt on that note because We're here in LA and we have a cannabis culture here and there certainly is an LGBTQ culture out here. And I imagine it looks significantly different from what what day-to-day looks like in Florida on both counts. Can you kind of tell us what the milieu you're in is like?
2: I think that it's it's, not possible to compare California specifically L.A. to anywhere else in the country, (laughs) Um, you know, for lots of reasons. Um, You know, I think that, that, you know, we should acknowledge that, you know, if it weren't for California, you know, specifically San Francisco and the San Francisco Cannabis Buyers Club, that, you know, medical marijuana would not have happened, you know, as as soon as it did in California or in any of the other states. Yeah, I think that, that we should... You know, acknowledge too that simply living in LA doesn't mean that you know life as a queer person is easy, you know, or all rainbows and and <laughs> and roses, right? Um, but certainly in, in in Florida, you have a lot of other factors, you know, working against you. You know, one is in Florida, there's no protection um, against discrimination based on your sexual orientation or your gender identity. So you know. Being an, an you know, an out person in Florida, you know, means different things depending on where you live. And another thing too is, you know, we've seen historically that, that LGBTQ people often are reluctant to seek out health care simply because of the way they've been treated in the past, interactions with healthcare providers that don't have you know cultural competency when it comes to queer people. And so you see a hesitancy to, to even seek out the care that's needed, and for me, you know, as, as you know, working with Revolution, you know, bringing um, you know a, a cultivation site and, and and everything from seed to sale. One of the things that I want to do here in Florida is make sure that queer people have access um, to you know to the medication that they need, and and part of that is is simply, I think, again, educating healthcare providers to to, to be more inclusive.
0: We haven't even gotten into what you're doing with the company that's called Revolution Florida. Go ahead and explain that so we can.
2: Um, Revolution is a, a multi-state operator um, based in Illinois. Um, we're um, one of the uh, recent license um, winner here in Florida. Um, and we the way it works in Florida is, um, if you have a license, you do all the things. Um, you, um, you cultivate, you process, you transport, Um, and you sell. So um, each cultivator has their own dispensaries and can only stock their dispensaries with their own product. Um, Currently, we are growing. (laughs) Um, We just got final approval um, a couple of weeks ago, and per Florida law, we have 210 days um, to make our first sale. A lot of, of what I get to do right now is really a lot of the the, the goodwill, making connections, the working with folks in the communities, you know, to make sure that we're being good, good partners, make sure that we're, you know, following all of the regulations that we're supposed to, and, you know, figuring out where the heck we want to put our dispensaries.
1: Hi, this is Alex. Can you tell us a little bit about what you just sort of the role of LGBTQ ambassador and what what that entails and how you would like to develop that role.
2: Well, you know, I see. You know, this is an opportunity to 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 marry, um, you know, my years of experience as a, as a queer activist and I guess my years of amateur experience as a cannabis advocate. You know, in that we know what the war on drugs has done to Black and Brown communities, and you know, I am not comparing. You know, the current situation for LGBTQ people in cannabis, you know, to what has been experienced.
0: Well, that's a very good move on your part.
2: Yeah, I know. There's no, there's no comparison there. But with two um, asterisks on that, you know, one is that, you know, while there hasn't been the harm to the LGBTQ community, we still aren't necessarily seeing efforts to, to be inclusive, you know, in, in, in recognizing queer people as folks who may also have barriers to getting involved in the industry. You know, whether it's the funding aspect, whether it's the stigma, there's that. And also, the other point is that, you know, there are LGBTQ people who are black and brown people as well, too, and so, you know, maybe finding finding those stories, you know, lifting up those experiences so that you know, we can get a, um, you know, a, a more robust picture of what the experiences are for, for folks as they try and enter the industry. So one of the things that I get to do is, you know, I want to create ways for queer people to become part of the industry here in Florida. So I'm going to be working with local stakeholders, working with folks who are, you know, part of the LGBTQ community in Florida to create opportunities
0: what kind of opportunities?
2: So, so one, one aspect is, is, is employment. You know, we're currently growing, we're gonna be you know, staffing up a, a cultivation site, and I'm gonna to work to, to create opportunities for, for folks, you know, possibly um, doing job fairs, specifically um, directed um, at the queer community. You know, most communities have an LGBTQ resource center, so finding ways to partner with people in, you know, on the ground to, to make sure that these uh, job opportunities are, are opened up for
0: folks. How important do you think it is that, especially since you're in the medical stage, Florida try to be creating ownership opportunities for people of color? Because out here in California, as much as people are trying, it tends to look like a, a kind of fiefdom with a lot of people of color in the stores, you know, selling the stuff and driving as deliveries, but not
1: actually having ownership. It's probably harder you, you need a huge amount of money to acquire a license
2: yes i think almost 60 million i believe MedMen paid um for for their license um it is it's um it's it's a little uh, mind-boggling <laughs> um to to think about it and 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 i won't you know I, i'm perfectly honest about the fact that this is you know a whole new world you know for me um, um and for revolution to to be here in florida to to be working within the communities and i, I Um, I think for me, you know, being able to make the connections with folks in the community on the ground is going to be one of the best ways to ensure that we are as, you know, inclusive and as actually, you know, walking the walk as as well as talking the talk. Because, you know, I did not grow up in Florida. I'm not a Floridian. And I think it would be, you know, rude and stupid um, for me to you know, to not want to have the conversations with the folks who are on the ground. And so um, I'm hoping that with, you know, with intentionality, with doing the outreach to, to, to connect with people in the communities, you know, that we can, can help mitigate that, you know, as, as you, I think, described, Danelle, that it's, you know, the, the only people of color you see are in, you know, in the dispensaries and in the stores themselves.
0: So let's switch to a little easier topic. Your brother new Says you. I, I can't even imagine. He's <laughs> your half brother. And you're friendly, right?
2: Friendly is a good way to put it.
0: How does that happen? I mean, in specific, we're talking about, we're talking on a day, what the day after the public portion of the impeachment investigation began. And I just can't imagine, what are your conversations about our political moment like right now?
2: Well, you know, a little bit of background to help understand is that um, he, we have the same mother, but my biological father adopted him when he was like three. So we were raised by the same people, but we were raised 23 years apart. Um, I was an empty nest baby, and so you know he's always been much more of a like an uncle to me than than a brother, just because you know we never even lived in the same house together. And so you know while some people think that we're estranged, it's really we just you know we just didn't grow up together. So it's not like we have this relationship, right? And because of the time and the age difference in the family. Um, we don't often get together so I have to be honest and say I typically avoid <laughs> political conversations well wait wait
0: wait wait you wrote a, you wrote you wrote the accidental activist a personal and political memoir you kind of signed on for this conversation don't you think
2: <laughs> well you know that was that was a that was a minute ago that I wrote that
0: memoirs are forever baby
2: <laughs> you know like when you know when we do get together we, we legit we, we try to talk about almost anything but, you know, mostly because the times that we get together are so infrequent, but I, I, you know, complete transparency here. If I had the opportunity to talk with him, I would want to talk to him about opioids and I would want to talk to him about the science as to why cannabis is a real, legit alternative. He's been very invested in, in opioid addiction and trying to combat it. Really? How so? He and Van Jones have been um, working. Um, they have a, an initiative they've been working on. Um, he's written a couple of, of uh, white papers on it. But you know, to my knowledge, I don't know that he has ever once, you know, taken that that step to you know look beyond kind of what you know what's considered typical you know typical science on it.
1: Plenty of Republicans support legalization, and Newt seems to have you know a variety of interesting views i mean it certainly doesn't seem out of the range of possibility that he would favor legalization i don't
0: feel that way at all i feel like that's a man who's antithetical to cannabis if anybody needs a weed moment it's fucking newt gingrich i feel like if, <laughs> if newt gingrich had smoked a joint in 1993 we wouldn't be in the situation how crazy <laughs> is that
2: well, you know, it's 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 fun to dream. I mean, if, if, if that one joint would have kept him from dividing <laughs> the house, then maybe that would have been a, a joint well-smoked. But, you know, people have the ability to evolve, right? We know that. And, and I don't think that it's a... It it, it it isn't and it shouldn't be a party thing, right? You know, a party as in political party. <laughs> um, you know, I've seen many, many, you know, Republicans, you know, be publicly supportive of, of cannabis, you know, like one of those ironies out there is that, you know, Florida House Rep Matt Getz um, is a huge proponent of legal cannabis. Um, and he has also been one of President Trump's attack dogs um, on, on lots of other topics.
0: Yeah, and I think that's that's what Alex is getting at when he says that yeah. it does cross over in general, it has the potential. But I, I think we're talking about at a certain point, we're not even talking about politics. We're talking about individuals, right, and personalities. I
1: mean, Newt famously likes zoos. I like zoos, too. I, I would love, you know, let me issue an open invitation to Newt Gingrich. If you find yourself in Los Angeles, maybe we could have a smoke and go to the zoo. I think that would be fun.
2: He really likes hippopotamuses.
1: I do, too. All right. <laughs> I did not see
0: this going this way. Um, <laughs> I, I have another question for you. Um, who are you married to?
2: I'm um, married to Kelly Cassidy.
0: Oh, and she is?
2: She is an amazing, wonderful woman, and um, the mother of our children, and she is a state representative in the state of Illinois.
0: Okay, so you know where I'm going with this, right? I, I, I had no idea I'd be asking so many hard questions. But, <laughs> but Revolution is based in Illinois. And do you feel like uh, your relationship there has any role in you're sort of getting hired for the Revolution Florida gig?
2: I have, um, you know, have had that question asked of me many times, and and it's, you know, it, it, it kind of reminds me of um, when folks ask, you know, say, you know, about riding on my brother's coattails, you know, to to be an LGBTQ activist. Um, I am. A very effective communicator. Um, I have 25 years of working within, you know, various communities to to educate, to um, uh, to, to provide resources, to um, hopefully motivate people to take action. And you know, revolution saw an opportunity, um, and I, I met it. You know, we aren't seeing as many folks in the the cannabis industry talk about LGBT, LGBTQ issues. You know, at a time when, you know, queer people are legitimately, you know, under attack in this country from this administration, you know, the opportunity to to lift up those voices, to to be sure and be inclusive of of the queer community, it, it just, it was a perfect fit.
1: On the left in general, but even, you know, really within the cannabis world, there's certainly a fair amount of wariness about sort of big cannabis and, and some of the multi-state operators, can can you sort of make the case for for big cannabis, or at least um, sort of tell us some of the things you would look for in companies that when people decide which brands to support?
2: Yeah, you know, I think that that with Revolution and, and you know, looking at Revolution as a as a multi-state operator, that you know you know, very recently was, you know, solely was not a multi-state operator, you know, and so the growth has has come within the past, you know, year or so. Look, looking at kind of the, the companies, the, the motivation, and, and also the, you know, how they are executing their business on the ground in those, those various states. For me, I would encourage people to look at um, the track record of particular cannabis companies, You know look and see you know what kinds of what kinds of good are they doing um are they you know are they being a good community partner or are they solely coming in to make money and that's all are they um you know working um to you know to to advance you know positive things in their communities you know are they Do they have a dispensary and they just are making money, or do they have a dispensary that is participating in, you know, the breast cancer walks? You have a dispensary that is, you know, working to lift up the stories of of veterans and make sure that veterans get better access. You know, maybe here's my parallel to the queer community again. Like, one of the things that, that the Human Rights Campaign did was rate, Fortune 500 companies based on how they treat their LGBTQ people. And one of the things within that is, you know, what kinds of, you know, social good are they doing? Are they, um, you know, sponsoring events? Are they ensuring do they, you know, within their own company, do they have a non-discrimination policy? You know, are they, are they giving back? And so, you know, I guess for the, for the, for the connoisseur, you know, to, to look at those things, you know, and look beyond, you know, a, a brand or, or maybe a label or the packaging and see what what is this company doing? You know, are they giving back or are they just taking? And you can, you know, you, you can find this information on the Googles, you can look at, you know, interviews or, or stories that have been done, but you can definitely find out, you know, who's doing what. And, and I think that at the end of the day, you know, people will see that that revolution is doing good things we are in it for the right reasons and to, to not be, you know, to not be wary <laughs> of us.
0: Um, Candice, I, I have one more question I know I want to ask, and we can drill down on it if you want to. But I, I know from your, what you mentioned earlier, you know what happened in San Francisco in 1996, and you've been getting high with a lot of queer people for a long time, I assume. Was there a, an aha moment when you realized that you could make a shift? Combining work with your the queer community and the cannabis community.
2: I, I think at first it took a little bit of time. I mean, uh, for me to 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 make the switch in my brain. You know, um, because one of the things that that you know, particularly when I worked at HRC towards the end, I was working um, with with young people, and you know, one of the things that we see have seen is that you know, queer people. Young queer people have a higher incidence of, of drug use and abuse. And so I, I, I had my kind of a first, my own personal journey to get through, you know, to, reckon, to acknowledging that, you know, that yes, that is true. And also it's true that carving out cannabis from that and, start, and, and looking at it as actually a treatment, you know, rather than one of the problems, you know, was, was helpful for me. You know, I, I know a lot of folks, cannabis is really important to, to a lot of queer people. Um, you know, there's a lot of, there's depression, there's anxiety, there's a lot of um, post-traumatic stress disorder in the queer community and cannabis can help that. And so I think it was that kind of anecdotal stuff of kind of seeing how people in my life, you know, were using it and recognizing that that is, you know, that was not and an, an, uh, a one-off, that that's actually you know, that there were many, many, many queer people who were who were self-medicating. And here we have an opportunity in the majority of states that have medical now, you know, to be able to to bring people in, um, to lift them up and, and show them how um, how cannabis is, um, is a medicine that can be helpful in their life and not harmful.
0: Okay, and you figured this out when?
2: First of all, you're asking me to remember something. You blame the weed, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> Uh, no I, I i i don't i you know sometime over the past couple of years you know just th- the the thought process but you know the fact that it could be actually something that i you know could invest full time my life into it that i didn't you know didn't really have that eureka moment until um you know i had a had my first conversation with with folks
0: anything you want to um talk about that you have coming forward projects or a specific thing we need to know about what you're gonna you're focusing on in Florida.
2: Do You have to live in Florida. No, I don't get to live in Florida. I didn't say get to. <laughs> uh, my wife's family is from here though, um, Sarasota, so we do um, we do visit fairly often. Um, and there's currently a polar vortex happening in Chicago, so um, I'm not sad um, to be here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can't think of anything else, Alex and Donnell,
0: um, to add. That's okay. You've given quite a lot. I I love that you answered all the tough questions that I did not anticipate asking. And, um, (laughs) and I, I, I learned a lot. So thanks a lot for um, calling in. Yeah, definitely. This is a lot of fun.
2: It was fun. Anytime guys, I'd be happy to do this. All right. Take care. All right. Thanks y'all.
1: That's our show for this week. As always, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Weed Week News and reach out to us at hello at weedweek.net.
0: You can catch us on Patreon, patreon.com slash weedweek. And for more Weed News, you can sign up for the Weed Week newsletter, Weed Week Canada and Weed Week California at weedweek.net. I'm Alex Hopper.
1: And I'm Donnell Alexander. Alicia Buyer wrote our theme music. We'll catch you again here next week.
0: Later.